You're listening to The Max with Sterling and Taylor Mack. Highly opinionated, and you just might learn something. Come on in and enjoy the listen. To another installment of To The Max. Keeping it moving out here. Wedding season, fall season upon us. If, uh, if you're wondering where the absents were, that's when wedding season, when fall hits, it's wedding season. I forget the next line. I I, I was going to go with you there, but I forgot the next line. You sandbagging son of a that is that what is that what Vince Vaughn says or is that what Vince, uh, Vince Vaughn says it's wedding season and then uh Owen Wilson says the sandbagging line. Uh, uh yeah, shout out to uh shout out to Evan Crawford and I guess Megan Crawford now. So that's that's where I was up in Indy seeing some friends. So it was uh it's good to always get back and see some some old baseball people. And shout out to the McCormicks on their wedding as well. It was this is the wedding season back and forth up here, down there, over there, not down there. But while all that was happening, you had college football, you had NFL football. Obviously, we we wanted to we're gonna hit on the college football build that made waves, obviously, in the past two weeks because we haven't been able to discuss it. But there's just a lot of things happening by team by team by team. Is Colin Kaepernick going to get the call because of all the injuries to these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But let's just dive into the NFL. You want to do that? Just dive into the NFL. Yeah, let's dive in. Was that a rhetorical question there on on Colin, or are we, are we answering that? I'm being serious. I mean, we all know the NFL powers that be will not allow him to get into the league. But at the end of the day, so then why even ask the question? <laughs> because at the end of the day, talent and the opportunity for your team to actually win trumps all. It's dollar signs. If you think, because let's let's look at I think he's the literally the best available. You have Landry Jones, you have Tom Savage, you have uh oh, there's like four more other mediocre to below mediocre quarterbacks that are available. And it makes sense. You have a playoff caliber team with Matt, Matt, Matt Flynn's available. Flint, I've completely forgot about Flynn. Jesus, but you have playoff capable teams that need a good backup or potential starter. So if for let's so let's say for the Steelers, so people don't know, uh, Big Ben got hurt. I mean, you'd have to be under a rock if you haven't seen the news. But Big Ben got hurt for the Steelers. Uh, their backup is Mason Rudolph. And for the um, New Orleans Saints, Saints, uh, as as uh, people outside of Atlanta call them, you had the injury to Drew Brees and his thumb with the backup being starter, Teddy Bridgewater. But I feel like he needs a little bit of time because it's been a long, long time for him to really hop he into terrible he did he did i feel like he embraced his backup role and he is a starter at heart i don't know what he was doing back i don't know he's a starter at heart let's i, I don't I, think I he is i know you played against him i don't think he's very good i hate i, to I say think that. he's phenomenal i kid's a tough kid i think he's good but let's keep going down the list jaguars garden and Minshew steps up for nick Foles. he, he looks good he does. I, I was pleasantly surprised. But then you have Josh Dobbs to back him up. Do you want to bring in somebody else as well? Uh, trade Josh Dobbs away. They, there's 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 things that you can work out here. Um, so I think here's the question for both teams, right? Right. I think that the Saints have a a better path to finding 
their places to the playoffs. I say that because the NFC South is really, really bad. And I say that as a Falcons fan, which hurts, right? Um, so I, I honestly think seven, seven and nine or nine and seven could like honestly win the division, right? Or, I really do. I, I Watching that game last night, and we'll get to the Falcons later, just – the, the Falcons have so many issues, and if you watch that Thursday night game, which was absolutely atrocious, um, there, there's no, you know, James Woodson and Cam Newton are not going to lead you to the playoffs. They're just not this year, right? So they're not. The Saints, to me, are the are the team in the best position to look at look around at their division and say, hey, like if we pull off some type of either a trade, right? Um, or are you you figure out a way to bring in somebody that they could patch it together if they don't feel like Teddy Bridgewater is the way? I say that because I think the Steelers are in that position like, you know what? It's the end of an era essentially in Ben Roethlisberger, I assume, right? It looks like he, he either has Tommy John or – I think it's Tommy. I think, I think it's Tommy John. Something of the sort. So because of that, right, he kind of rides off in the sunset – the question is, what do you do with Mike Tomlin? He's been there a while. A lot of people felt like he quote unquote lost the locker room. And now I know now people are kind of backpedaling on that as they see how Antonio Brown has actually been acting. Um, but you also have the fact that there's a ton of quarterbacks coming out next year. So if I'm the Steelers, it's not the worst thing to tank essentially, right? Let Mason Rudolph play, see what you have in him, and then go get a new quarterback. Just because right. it's like, I don't know, I'm not saying the Steelers want to throw away a season, but yeah, like the AFC, the AFC North is a little bit tougher than the NFC South. Well, let's let's look at it for the Steelers. Does Tomlin have it in him to be able to tank? Do you, do you think the faithful will allow Tomlin to tank, knowing that there's a greater good coming, or if he tanks? They're just going to say, we just need to redo this entire leadership as well because Tomlin's made some questionable calls, even though I think Tomlin is a fire coach. I'm just saying from what I've seen from Steelers fans. No, I think well, I, I think there's two sides of that. I think some people have felt like Tomlin should have been maybe gone the last few years. It's really just the fact that Mike Tomlin cannot, and, and you really have to group in Ben Roethlisberger because Mike Tomlin wasn't making some of those throws, right? But they can never beat the Patriots in the big game. Right. Hey, they can't. Outside of his success, outside of the Super Bowl wins, when it's come time in crunch time to beat Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin has not done it. People look around at that as like, you know, yeah, we get to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a losing record or blah, blah, blah with Mike Tomlin, but maybe there's someone else out there. I don't think there is, right? I think Tomlin's a perfect person for Pittsburgh. I do, I do too. I think he represents the, the nitty gritty blue collar um kind of mentality that the city has and it resonates within his team i mean i I think he should have gotten a lot more respect of how he's handled ab when ab started blowing up when he ab leaves no one can control um ab and it's you can kind of see what tomlin was doing behind the scenes i think now that kept uh, AB in check because he was coming at him like a real OG. I'm trying to get this, trying to get this hoodie straightened out. I'm not trying to do the KG hoodie, but it's 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 slowly creeping to the KG hoodie. If you can't it's see pretty, it, if you're it's listening, close, it's pretty close to KG. It's it's leaning farther and farther to the side, and it's about to be a KG hoodie. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. You, you you hope that Tomlin stays. That's a good question to see if, if they ride in with Mason Rudolph. I mean, he played well 
at uh, Oklahoma State. He played well second half of the game on yeah. Sunday. I mean, they, they lost, but um, it's, it's just a lot to look into. How uh, Gardner Minshew, like you said, kid looks good. We forget that. I mean, you saw him a little bit more when you were out in Cali. Obviously, you didn't see his latest years. Uh, no, no, no. Gardner Minshew came in. No, I'll tell you that. You wouldn't have seen him because you, you were gone by the time that he got to blow up because it was the other quarterback and then Minshew stepped and in. And he just came in last year. Yeah. yeah uh, but Gardner Minshew was always slinging the rock over there at Washington State University, the Cougs, with uh, Coach Mike Leach. And he brings that swag and that confidence into the NFL. So I am not – I'm really not surprised to see him look good or, you know, better than uh, – a, a backup supposed to look, I'll say. He just looks very polished, right? Everything he's done so far within the pocket, some of the reads, uh, and they did, they haven't really changed the offense from what you saw. And again, Foles didn't play a ton, but what you kind of assume Foles would be kind of would do, would be doing with that Jaguars offense to what mm-hmm. he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a ton of change. I think that's what's been most impressive, and the fact that I mean, you know, in the face of some blitzes, especially in that Chiefs game as they were trying to figure out a way to come back and keep up with Mahomes and everything. I mean, he was staying in there and, and, and delivering the ball on time and where he needed to. And uh, it's impressive. It's impressive to see so far. I Jaguars in a tough place, right? They may not have the right coach in place, right? Let's, can we, uh, a lot let's, of times we don't do let's, that. Let's talk about that. Doug Marone was a, he was in the NFL for a while, right? Then he went to Syracuse, where I believe he had one winning season. He had a losing record overall, right? That is correct. So then he gets a job in the NFL with an incredibly talented defense. And when I say incredibly talented, like, that defense three years ago was was you know one of the top defenses we've seen in the in the NFL. What what they were able to do from the blitz packages and what they could do on the back end, impressive, right? They made Tom Brady look like he was a, a rookie. It was it that, was crazy in that for in that first half in the AFC play, uh, playoff game. The, you know, game. Yeah, the, uh, no, it was, it was the, championship. Maybe AFC championship. Remember because they uh, oh that was his Super Bowl. Blake Bortles throws that crazy throw down the middle against the Steelers to when they yeah and then they played Patriots yeah. yeah that was for the Super Bowl but that like that defense was ridiculous they made the right move they got uh they traded for Fowler um mm-hmm. and so you solidified the D and then you had Fournette just busting into the league as well um and so everything was in place Yeldon coming as well but yeah I I I mean this it's kind of how the league is. I mean, you look all the way over to Cliff Kingsbury getting an opportunity and he had a losing record. I don't understand where the hookup connection, obviously Kingsbury's offense is a lot better. Doug Marone. I don't think he's always, I've never been sold by him. I don't think if you talk to any Jacksonville Jaguar fan, they've never been sold by him either. Um, But you're gifted with one of the best defenses that you've seen in the NFL in a long time in an offense that call the right play calling or put the right pieces in place you, you won't lose a game and you'll always be in a game, but somehow didn't uh, matriculate into a Super Bowl. And then now you're where you're at now. Jalen Ramsey wants out. It's just the dumpster fire. It's the whole state of the whole state of Florida is a dumpster fire. If we really look at it, NFL wise, dumpster fire. 
Jags. It's bad. Bucks. Don't even want to talk about the college football team, Miami Dolphins. As uh, I liked uh, Shannon Sharp's point, I, I will give him that was a good point. <laughs> that they are the number one team in college football right now. He goes Miami Dolphins, Clemson Tigers, Alabama football. I mean, they are. So, I mean, I get. I mean, they're tanking, but they that is they are bad, 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 bad. Right. It's just different when when you tank in basketball. It at looks least you can, different. It looks so much different. And you can at least have fun in basketball. You like I can throw some alley oops and the game goes by quicker. Your body's not getting beat down. I don't think it's right to tank in the NFL. I agree. I, I think there's something about it. Plus in the NFL in the NBA, you're playing eighty two games, right? So to right. your point, even if you're tanking, yeah, like you're still gonna win like twenty games and you're gonna give your fans a show, all that type of stuff and, and at sometimes. The NFL is one of those where like having guys go out there and play this brutal sport day in and day out for you to try to go one in 15 or whatever they're trying to do. Like, right. It just seems really bad. Plus of the fact that like, you know, the NFL has always been about parody in a way, right? Most exactly. teams are always around seven to nine to nine and seven. And then the, obviously the better teams, you know, find a way to win a couple more games. So they're at 11, game, you know, 11 wins, the bad, the, the really bad teams find a way to lose some of those really close games. So they're at five wins. That's what you really want to be, right? You don't want to be this team that's, trotting out really, really bad product and right. then hoping some way uh, to, to try to garner the fans back. Because, like, let's be real, right? If they get the one number one pick next year, let's let's just say they draft Tua, right? Mm-hmm. Tua what, the or... what, the, what the hell is he going to do? Exactly. You you don't have anything surrounding you. Sit Larry Tunzel away, Laramie Tunzel. And it, if anybody has shown what the league and how you can maneuver in the league – and win a championship is the Patriots. A six round pick to them is a first round pick. So it's not fair to 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 ever. To, it's they're just so far ahead of everybody. They are. Right? But to that point, though, why you know, and then you're putting grown men through like you just you know eloquently put beating down their bodies, and you're saying let's go out. You want them to go out there and lose, but now you're not surrounding your new number one pick. You're back in a three three-year type of deals to get the, the team going in the right direction. It makes it's, it's, it's a really stupid deal to, to tank in the NFL. Um, it's one thing if you guys are going out there and you're just losing, like take the, take the giants right now. You know, they're, they're not tanking. They're not trying to do something like that. They're owing two. everybody's playing hard. It's just got to figure out, get the defense going. Right. But if, if you're losing um, and you, Say you end up losing enough to get the first pick, but it's had you've had close games and there's been development there. You just know you're on the brink of getting a good, um, a good draft under your belt, and then making some good moves in the offseason. You could flip your team around, but yeah, I, it's it's stupid for what the Dolphins are trying to do and trying to accomplish. And then Mika Fitzpatrick wants out. Um, you arguably have who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Jalen Ramsey or Mika Fitzpatrick? Oh, I'm taking Mika. Because I can, because you can move. I don't know why they have him trying to be like a corner, and I don't. And I think he said in the news like they don't even know what they really want to do for him position wise. But he can. He's a safety. Can come and come down and play in the slot as a corner or guard somebody out on the outside. I think he's more versatile. Um, Jalen is a great corner. Uh, his technique's gotten just a little bit lazy. Just, just, a, just a tad. I, I hate to use that word. I don't want to diminish his talent, but just kind of watching the tech tape, it's just like 
he's not doing the technical things that made him actually garner the attention of getting the highest paid in you know corner cornerback contract or a future cornerback contract. Or Do you feel like that's just the the hype of it, like the fact that he is he's become this this you know this this name household name essentially or or do you feel like he's been in the league now so he he feels like oh i i can overcompensate here take this play off and i don't have to do the things i had to do earlier on i think i think it's a little bit of that um not taking just re- relaxing a little bit and you and you can't do that i mean i'm not saying i didn't make it up into the nfl but when you watch tape at the end of the day it's you can still see when somebody is uh, you know, relaxing a little bit on one play here, even though, you know, you watch tape and you can say, oh, this set, it's not going to come my way. Still, regardless, it starts creating bad habits. And then you get a little slack on a play. That's completion there. Obviously, you know, when you're going up against, you know, uh, the reel that's been making its way around Twitter and Instagram and, you know, him going up and following um, DeAndre Hopkins. But, when you start doing bad reps against other receivers and then you come up against elite receivers, you start getting that, that stuck onto you a little bit of what you've been doing. That's not good form, not good, not good technique. And then that translates over when you're having a one-on-one matchup versus, you know, the best versus the best. So uh, I think, you know, you can pick it back up, but I'm going Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I'm like, I think, I, I think the flexibility of uh, getting the contract, Mika doesn't, you don't owe Mika as much money as you owe Jalen Ramsey, right? The Jaguars gave him that extra little extension with the option there for the 2020 year. So, right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it'll be um, interesting Interesting to see who gets who. It looks like the Jags are saying that they're looking to trade Daniel Ramsey immediately. If you saw the game, he and Doug Maroon were in a, uh, just say, a heated argument at one point. And that, that's nothing wrong with that, right? Sometimes things happen on the sidelines. But to me, I watched it over a couple times. Uh, it looked like, Marone was the one that said something that was probably out of pocket because the two yeah. corners next to Ramsey, they didn't look at Ramsey immediately. They looked at him. Right. Like, you should go back over there. Yeah. You don't need to bring that over here. Right. Funny thing about that video, though, I you know, Ramsey bucked at him. Marone didn't move. I was like, all right. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a little bit of a flinch. Didn't no no flinch. No, nothing. I was like, all right. Okay. I mean, sometimes but, you're mad enough to just. Also, Jalen Williams is not that big. Like, I'm. I'm not saying like he. Listen, I'm not trying is to. Like, is he like six two, six one? Yeah, he's like six two. I mean, I'm yeah. not trying to get in his face. I'm just saying. One ninety, maybe two hundred. Big Doug, boy. Doug, Doug, Doug Rhodes is a big dude. He is. Let's. Uh, I'm not. Let's. Let's. I was just surprised. I was surprised that he didn't move at all when Jalen bucked down. I was like, all right, not nice. He's got. He ain't scared. He ain't scared. He ain't scared or nothing. Uh, but let's say the biggest surprise that I've seen in the league right now, obviously the Buffalo Bills are two and zero, which I didn't think I'd say this year. Um, it's are way you too- not though, because look at who they play. Well, I mean, we didn't think obviously it was going to be a tougher year for the for the Giants, and then the first, uh, and they had the comeback versus um, the Jets, so. Yeah, yeah, the Jets was for week one, right? Uh, yes, it was. But um, no, I was just a little bit surprised. But obviously, the AFC East is just always terrible. Patriots run through that, and then getting AB was the biggest cheat code in the world. How biggest do you feel? About, how do you feel about? But well, 
Yeah, let's just say that. How do you feel about the Patriots getting Antonio Brown? If you haven't been to our Instagram and uh, seen what my take was about AB, I believe, and this is just my conspiracy theorist side coming out, Roger Goodell colluded with Drew Rosenhaus to send a Trojan horse in the form of Antonio Brown, 84, into the Patriots camp behind their line, infiltrated their infiltrated their system. The only way you can bring down a government or something else is from within. To get that glorious organization that has won six Super Bowls, you got to infiltrate it from within. What can you? What, who's the best person to do it? Antonio Brown. He knew AB was going to be off uh, after he saw AB trying to force himself off of the Steelers. Told Drew Rosenhaus, he's like, you know what? I know internally that, like I said, my man Tomlin was OG keeping him in check. Ain't nobody going to be able to keep AB in check. So he told Rosenhaus, let him run wild, knowing that one team was going to come back because they wanted him. The, uh, the Pats wanted him from the Steelers. The Steelers didn't want to send him there. So he was going to go to whatever team, get booted off the team, leave the team on his own terms somehow. And you know who's going to come up because that's what that's what uh, Bill Belichick does. He takes projects and gives them a second chance. I disagree and he's with that. Baby. And then now he's not going to conform to the Patriot way. And uh, he's going to take it down from within from the inside. Not with your Trojan horse theory, which I I think is ridiculous, but. I don't think Belichick gives people second chances. I think he looks for the best value. And if he can find the best value and it's a guy that has had trouble or is whatever, he's willing to take that bet that you would rather win a championship than be a jackass for a year. That's, that is absolutely correct. But it's happened to just fall and manifest itself in second chances with a few um, athletes that have gone there. Or you're looking to, you know, but it's crazy. Like the, the biggest the person from a second chance person is, it's probably Albert Hainsworth and Josh Gordon, right? Or maybe if you like, Ocho Cinco would be another one that comes to mind, right? Like everyone else that he brings in, Randy Moss wasn't troubled. He was just an asshole. No, he was just no. Randy, Randy was just on the side. I'm not saying Randy um, was a second chance. Randy was just on the tail end of his career, and then. He got himself out of the out of the Raiders and on to, um, right. So and then on to the Pats. Darrell Rivas just went there because he wanted a ring. Um, but I will say, when it comes to coaches, out that and when it comes to coaches in t- in a team that is not the Cowboys or Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones will doesn't matter if you if you can ball. Now, Boy, you can have, guy. You can have 18 felonies on, on your record, and he will bring you in as long as those felonies can can clear somehow PR-wise. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna find yourself in a cowboy's jersey. Um, but yeah, just it's just the people some of the people that they brought in, in the past is just it happens to be that there's second chance. But like, I agree 100 percent He looks at the value. You can get a player for cheap that is either had two bad seasons and is a good player and just needs to fit in the system or you can get somebody that had trouble and you can get them for cheap, bring them in, boom, 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 boom. Obviously, yeah, he always looks for value, but um, it's not fair. But to really answer your question, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. This is the scariest lineup roster of receivers that I think Tom Brady's ever had. And I know he's happy. 
you, there's no way to stop it. There's really no way to you. You have to play man to man across the board. If you go try and double somebody up, you already lost, and you just got to cover. I honestly, I, I mean, I don't know if this is hyper, but like, I, I, I'm gonna say this. I know that Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens at one point were playing together. Um, what you had Chris Carter and Randy Moss, Chris Carter in the tail end of his career, Randy Moss, his first couple three years, I believe. Um, this is the best. Let's just use X, Y, and Z, right? Those three positions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, saying that if they were out there in like a three man set or something like that, this is the best three receivers you could put together and for what they do complementary wise, right? And they're at the ABs in the prime, Josh Gordon. Really, still in his prime, physically. Physically, yeah. And Julian Edelman in his prime in the later years, but still in his prime. I mean, it's just what it, it's the thing to me is just how how crazy it is from an outside inside perspective. Like you got the big receiver right, and Josh Gordon. You got a guy AB who's typically outside but can play inside, and then you have the perfect slot guy in Julian Edelman. Not to mention what everything they do from the tight end and running back position. It's just something. Well, so, so that's going to be the biggest question, but um, they're, they're bailed out this year with, uh, with having a strong staple of running backs. But what I'm talking about is their tight end positions. It's first year in a very long time where he doesn't have a go-to bailout tight end. When things get tough, just look for Gronk. Gronk is going to get it. Things are tough. Look for Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez is going to be wide open, but you've always had a tight end all the way up until this year as a true pass catching threat and just a mismatch nightmare for any def- defensive coordinator. So yep. now you have uh, Benjamin Watson, but he's serving a four game suspension. Yep. He's going to come off of that, but he's still your run blocking tight end can catch obviously, but not as big, a, easier cover. He's a big body, easier cover um, for a large safety. You can even put in, a uh, agile linebacker on him. If Gronk decides to come back, let's just let's just be wild with it. He says, you know what? This I, CBD I, I cream actually, has helped really, me out. I really do think he is. This CBD cream's good. I'm good mentally. My body's not hurting. I just needed some time to get my body right on my schedule, not the NFL schedule. They open him. They will wa- welcome him back with open arms. And I could see that going to 19 and 0. Because there's no way the Chiefs' defense can stop them, and their defense is better. Like they, this is the best secondary they've probably had since the early Ty Law days, right? Like this, Gilmore, Chung, both McCordy twins. Like they yeah. can play back there. Yeah, they can. I mean, Gilmore's probably. I mean, depending on where you want to put, you know, Jalen. Like Gilmore's probably top three, four safeties in the league. I mean, excuse me, corners. Wild corners. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. It's just uh, you, you. You really don't. I don't want to say nineteen and zero because obviously no one wants the best things to happen for the Patriots because you're tired of seeing the Patriots win. But you do have to respect the fact that they have one. If you, even if you don't like it, yet the yet or at least respect the play of Tom Brady. Let's just let's you can say that. I respect how they have been able to stay consistent, which I think yeah. is the most impressive part. Because you can always see like a take the Falcons for instance. Falcons go to the Super Bowl, struggle to make the playoffs. That happens to every team. You know, you, you see a team go to the Super Bowl and then you don't hear from them for three years, but that doesn't happen with the Pats. Um, so that, that the, can we do the before we go in the call? Can we do the Falcons real quick? We can. But lost end of the story, Pats aren't fair. 
and that's it. That's and it's it's their Super Bowl to lose. Now on to the ATL Falcons. Sterling, what you got? I just, uh, I just, I have to get this out. Like, at some point, we have we as fans. I have never. Let me let me start over. I love Matt Ryan as a person. I think he's an amazing. He's an amazing guy. The fact that he was drafted after Michael Vick had to be what. To be honest, and I, I hope someone does like whatever one, whatever like some podcast or some really cool thing about it. Him being drafted after Michael Vick had to had to be one of the, like the toughest things coming in as a a number one draft pick, right, and a number one big time quarterback coming out of college to come into a very pro black city that fell in love with a black quarterback and to try to win people over, right. Had to be that's that's a daunting task. He also had to have the fact that Bobby Petrino leaves in the middle of the night, essentially rips his kids out of private school, all this stuff. And he has been incredibly consistent, incredibly great leader for everything we've needed for the Falcons. Yeah. All that being said, we will never win a championship with that right. And it's tough, right? We put a ton of money into him. We've kind of built the team, quote unquote, around him, even though that offensive line is awful. And at some point, listen, I've never been a Matt Ryan fan on the field. I've always felt like he there was just he had limitations. And as he's gotten older, you have consistently seen his limitations come through, his decision making come through, and the fact that he's just he's just one of those dudes on the big stage. And listen, if you want to give him credit for making it an absolute easy check last night. They blitzed all night last night, and he finally decided to run a screen against it. Like, that's honestly kind of common sense, right? And yeah, then, of well, course, you put the ball on the best player. He, the game, I mean, he's, he's, he said at the end of the game, you know, they were, he, they were lit, he was waiting for them to run this exact coverage so he could make that check. And then but they, they, did they run, ran they it ran at the – they ran it multiple times. The thing that I listen, and I'll give Matt Ryan credit for that. Maybe he kind of baited uh, Schwartz into running that again, right? But all good because a couple times, like one of the picks is on the same was on the same look, right? He gets the mm-hmm. same look. Julio's on the other side though, and he just throws a flyer out and throws an awful ball, right? So he could have Greg Maddox them a little bit, you know. Yeah, kudos to him. Set up, right? set him up. But yeah, throws a screen, and then Julio does what Julio does at his age and time in the league, and runs twenty miles per hour to the end zone. Unbelievable. Uh, but I I don't disagree with what you're saying, and I this is what I think the Falcons need to do in the first round. I think you take a quarterback next year, and a quarterback that you want to have for your future in the direction that you want to see the Falcons go. But also, it's not a disrespectful shot to Matt Ryan it's bringing in competition. And I don't think since Matt Ryan's been with the team, he's had a legitimate scare behind him. And that's, and I know it's not what you want to do as a GM. You want to make your, you know, your number one feel comfortable that nothing's going to happen. Um, but I, I think it's time that, you know, you bring in another quarterback and say, this is still your team, but we gonna, we're going to bring some competition here. We know Matt, Sha- uh, Matt, Sh- Matt Schaub, Matt Schaub gets the backup, Mike Vick, and gets the backup, Matt Ryan. That's just he's just a veteran backup. There's no scare from Matt Schaub. Uh, what TJ Yates? I don't even know where TJ Yates is. 
uh, who else? I mean, just just there's no there's been no legitimate backup to bring in and spark up that extra competition to keep you know somebody on your toes. And uh, I think that needs to be done. And then if you get outplayed, you get outplayed. But like you said, he's he's been a great ambassador for the team. That was probably the hardest thing. Somebody as a overall number one has to come and and has to handle. And um, man, whatever. But we've had enough time. We didn't win the Super Bowl. He played well in the Super Bowl. Got to hate that Kyle Shanahan didn't run the ball. But we've we got to continue to move on. Can't live in the past. Live in the past. Not the present. You're not wrong on this. The issue is he is owed $81 million over the next four years. Also, yeah, Matt that's Ryan, perfect. by the end of his contract, and it, uh, I feel like you have to wait like another year to bring in a quarterback, but he'll also be at the end of his contract like 38 or something. But um, he is going to make, let's just say at the end of his contract, which is 2023, he is done. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play another down of football. He would have made – Close to three hundred and twenty million dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Probably doesn't have to touch it. I know he's got the he's got he's got the Bose endorsement. Imagine that. I mean, that's what Marshawn Lynch has done. That's what uh, Rob Gronkowski's done. You live off your endorsement deals and never touch your actual. Yeah. I mean, the only the only thing that's coming out is a three percent. Or if you're really good, and you you know you're gonna have that. Matt's agent's probably at one something or or two, one point five, two percent possibly. I don't think he's getting the full three, but that's the only money that's coming out, and the rest is coming off your endorsements. That's that's a lot of money. That's generational money. That's that's changing lives, family, your family's life for generations to come. That's beautiful for him. Congratulations. But we still need to draft another quarterback. I said it. It's what we need to do. It makes it makes sense, but even with him being owed eighty over four, um, that's without incentives. That's how you get the pick. But you still have the slotted rookie contract. The only thing you'd have to work, uh, you know, work around is the guaranteed money you're going to give him a signing bonus. And depending on where we have our draft pick, let's I mean, let's say worst case scenario, we end up getting the number one overall draft pick, which won't happen. Um, let's let's just wait. We'll wait a year. And say we end up getting the number one overall draft pick, and it's Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence is there, and we have the number one draft pick, you have to take him. Oh no, that's a that's a different scenario. Yeah, that's a, that's but that yeah, that's a number. If we wait a year, but there are five QBs, four QBs, two. Uh, um, we've you already talked about. Wait a year though, because the way quarterbacks are not hit this year or not hitting anymore, you, you have to pay him right. Like a lot of that money is guaranteed. So yeah. I don't know. That's just the plan. You have to bring in another quarterback because it's it it is time. It's it's time. What do you do? You think Mike Vick could uh, come out of retirement and go play for the Steelers? He already knows the system. No, God no. He was there for how many months? As long as as much for the Steelers. Remember, he was that. It was crazy. I would I never thought I would see the end of Mike Vick just because he was so athletic. But I remember him like doing something when he was on the Steelers because he played like two games, right? And he actually yeah. won a game for them. Like they were down in the fourth quarter. And yeah, he did. He brought him back. He had one little run, had one little run. It wasn't the same. Him, like it wasn't the same. I remember he went to he went to give somebody that in and out like that patented in and out move that he had, and like the guy just didn't move. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah. But you never know. You bring in somebody that's a, a veteran, knows the offense already, 
and uh, you know he has a strong arm. It's just the fact can I don't I don't know if he's can pass a uh, you know the physical or anything like that. But that'd be interesting. I would still go out and get that jersey again. I would I would get a the last he ever with the Steelers if he came out of retirement. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great take with the Falcons. I, everybody still overreacts because it's week, it's week two. NFL's heading into week three. NCAA is heading into week four. Um, who's been your biggest surprise for the NFL? And then we'll go into college football for the last 15 minutes. Uh, Ooh, surprise. Um, that's tough. I, I got to say the Ravens, and just from the fact that Lamar Jackson, and to be honest, they they were kind of trying to give that game away. They they just, like, could not put the Cardinals away on Sunday. Excuse me. But he's been – and, again, the first game is against the Dolphins, so take that for whatever it is. But he's making real, like, NFL timing throws and window throws and all that stuff you want to say, right? It's it's pretty impressive to watch, and – Something that I think, as you watch the end of last year, they were really running a, they were running the, the Tim Tebow offense from Florida, right? Like a power mm-hmm. run game with him as kind of the lead rusher, and then every now and then they'd let him throw it. <clears throat> to go from that to what he's doing now with reads and stepping in the pocket, all that type of stuff, just letting him be I, a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's been my uh, probably my biggest takeaway so far this this season, and, and biggest surprise, I think. No, nothing against Lamar. I just I didn't think he'd be that. Be I knew, yeah, you knew he'd be a he he he'd be a, you know could be a good good quarterback, but to be this good and shown the flashes of what he you know could be for for years to come has been a great you know uh, a great thing to see. And I love it that it's just giving these bad takes to all these you know hot take uh, journalists that are out there. Lamar is supposed to be a running back. He he'd find his way um, on a roster faster if he you know switch positions blah 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 right. blah. So yeah, I wanted to keep balling, and I got him on fantasy. So you know, keep on keep on balling, team Mac. Team Mac needs you. Uh, you know who I'm surprised with, and it's really no surprise that you see the quarterback play. But that's the Packers. Um, you go into Week One versus one of the top three defenses, and you go in Chicago and win. And then yesterday you start stomping. I just everything stalled, but you go up 21 or 18 points on the Vikings and the Vikings made a mockery of the Atlanta Falcons the week before. Um, Dalvin Cook is, is a serious. He's a problem. And with Dalvin and, and mediocre cousins together, that could spell long playoff run because cousins ain't going to throw you out of the game. And if you have a running back being as good as Dalvin Cook is, uh, or has been this early in the season. Um, that just makes your offense run better. Play action is going to be wide open. It's going to give you uh, good options. But to do what they were doing, and obviously, and I'm saying this because it's everybody said the relationship between uh, Lafleur and um, Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be good. And to be two and zero and uh, having the offense kind of running. Obviously, I I think Aaron Rodgers is probably vetoing some plays, but on, on his own. I ain't doing that. We're going to run this one right here. Jimmy Graham, I want you to go out. I want you to go left. Jones, I want you to come out the backfield option route, hit that, boom, boom, go to the right. But not looking bad so far for the Pat. Well, it seemed like that happened in the second half because, to your point, um, the offense stalled. 
it looked like LaFleur wasn't making the changes that Aaron wanted. Looked like he it looked like there were a couple times that he adamantly like just changed the play. Yeah. Which is tough. I mean, he's trying to get used to the system. Right. It's tough when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and he's like, Man, I know what I'm seeing. But the coach is like, I have the system. And he, there's a trust factor there. And you're also trying to win the game. The Vikings are slowly kind of like trying to creep back in the game. And the, the, the Packers are just kind of like flailing around offensively. So that's tough. But yeah, it, that hasn't been a huge surprise. I agree with that. Uh, so those are my two teams. And here's my last strong take. Just because it, it popped in my mind. I was going to say it earlier when you said Jameis. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we might be seeing a mature... A maturing Jameis Winston, and I'm this is this is one of the hottest takes I've probably ever said, and I'm being dead serious about this one. I'm not I'm not even making a joke. He looked like a different Jameis Thursday night because Jameis has always been able to make the throws. It's always about when is Jameis. Everybody, let's just say capital all caps Jameis going to come out, and those throws are going to happen. The W, see this W. We, we eat this W. That's what we're gonna do all night. When is that Jameis gonna come out? One of the dumbest things I've still so, ever so seen. But that's what everybody anticipates, and everybody's like, at some point in time, that Jameis is gonna come out. But right now, this has been capital J, lowercase A M E I S Winston out there on that Thursday night. And I think if Bruce Arians can actually make him mature, because I think that's been his biggest problem. If he actually makes him mature and look at the game from an adult standpoint and take that and couple it with his abilities and, and his passing abilities, you could see the Bucks making a little turn. And obviously, this will be the last year he's with the Bucks, but then that gives you bigger bargaining chips for trading because somebody will still want Jameis as a starter or to challenge for the starting spot. And if not, he'll get the backup role. But I, I think you might see a big change from Jameis Winston. I think so. I saw it. And I'm usually never wrong. I'm going to strongly disagree with that. <laughs> um, and can't you still, wait to prove it. You still think he's just full cap, cap full caps, Jameis? I, I think he's – I just – he's not a uh, – I hate to say that. I just don't think he's very good at what he should be doing back there, which is playing the quarterback position. I think he's just – his emo, let me say this. His emotional intelligence is not at the place that you need to be a starting quarterback. I 100% agree. 100% agree with you. And we we said it three pods ago as well. But I think I saw a change on Thursday night. And I hope he doesn't make me eat my words. But Like he ate, like he ate that W? Like he ate that W? What did, speaking, of, speaking of that game, what did the Panthers do? Because Cam is obviously hurt. He is. And they don't want to admit it. But even if you're hurt, it seems like they could do some other things if he's whatever is injured with him, if it's still the shoulder, if it's the ankle, whatever. He's also just absolutely missing throws. Yeah. Right. And, and to me, it's because he's a little hurt. So it's like, what can they either, either you shut him down or what can you do to make that offense go? Right. Cause if not, it's, it's the Panthers are, in, I mean, they might as well just go ahead and say, we're going to be four and 12. I mean, who uh, who they pick up backup wise from uh, Will Greer or the dude from uh, Texas A&M? Greer. Mm-hmm. 
I think you uh, he's third. Kyle Allen's uh, second string. I do say I, I'm agree. I'm with you. I think you let Cam sit and rest because we all know what Cam can do, and I know he's trying to push through it. But you just see it. It's like a hitch motion that comes out, like he's just pushing the ball really hard. Is it? It's like he's trying to throw a knuckleball. You know that that type of mechanic that you have. It kind of seems when you push the ball out in, in baseball, but that's how it looks for his motion in football. And I, yeah, you let him sit, or you run packages to where you're taking the stress off of his arm. And similar to what they do with Jason, uh, not Jason. I was about to say Jason Tatum. Uh, Tatum, Taysom Hill with uh, New Orleans bringing packages for Kyle Allen at the QB spot, do cam lined up next to him or something. Obviously decoy, but make it creative, take some stress and some plays off of cam or just sit him just straight up and just let Kyle Allen play or Will Will Greer play for the next like three or four games. I mean, it's probably going to be the same record, right? They're they're probably going to lose. But that's the thing that just doesn't make sense for me. It's like just start the season without him. And then see, hopefully, you can patch a few games together. Yeah. Um, and then let your superstar come back. But it's, uh, it's 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 tough to watch him play right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, want, I don't know who that doctor was, but something got botched with that shoulder surgery because it's been – it was enough time for it to heal or they just didn't give it enough time either. But I don't think so, man. Like, late, like that stuff takes – it takes a while, especially when you're throwing – I mean, I, I'm sure he's not throwing in practice, right? And then trying to load up and and fit, you know, a football into tight windows with guy. I mean, that's, that's, I think it's difficult. I don't think you ever really truly heal if you don't take the real at the right time. Right. Uh, last segment of the show. It's going to be quick. We we wanted to talk a lot of NFL because it's just a lot of news coming down. Um, but it's the lifeblood of America. It's college football. As Tim Tebow so passionately put it. You, I, I had the number three selling jersey, and I didn't even want to get the money. I didn't even want it. And <laughs> these kids today, it's a me, me, me society. But you go to, I went to Florida because my granddad wanted me to go to Florida. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just think every time, every time he talks. It always he's hey, it's on it's like Meek Mill loud volume, but then it sounds like he's just always out of breath, and I don't I don't get it. I like Tim Tebow. Let me first say that as a person, he seems like he's a, a fine dude, but it's just whenever he starts getting passionate about something, it's just always out of breath, and then it's just it sounds a little weird. It's just it could be just me though. Um, that was so ridiculous. He said all that. I was like, Tim, shut like shut up. Like no yeah. one wants to hear this right now. But that comes in because the California bill um, is was unanimously unanimously voted. And now it just needs to be signed in by the governor to allow California universities to pay, uh, you know, their student athletes at the end of the day uh, for the for their representation that they bring into the to these universities. The only thing that I have with that, and that's why it would need to be. Um, issued or implemented by the NCAA or some type of entity that's like the NCAA that can govern everybody. If the NCAA wants to dissolve or something that could have it dissolved out because case in point in the state of Alabama, the board of trustees decides all of the budgeting issues or budgeting for Alabama universities. And at the head of it, 
is uh, somebody that's at the University of Alabama. So I know this is still still passed by, you know, uh, was it how is the house that passed the bill for for Cali? I mean, it's both now. Okay, but uh, obviously there's still going to be a lot of influence. But if you have somebody on the University of Alabama that makes those decisions, this is why UAB's when UAB was getting hot, got chokehold for their on on campus stadium because, oh, that could potentially bring recruits away from the University of Alabama. And if something's a threat to the University of Alabama, then uh, that won't be done because all everything benefits U, U of A and Crimson Tide football. So if the decision's left by the state, you will never hear from UAB or South Alabama ever again. They will be relegated to FCS. But that's not that's I agree and disagree, right? And I think there's there's two things that we just talk about with this. There's the fact that California is not the only person or oh, not person, not the <laughs> only state to pass a bill. South Carolina also passed in its first uh I guess kind of look, right? I, I don't know which I, I assume it went to the house first, but they also passed a bill that, that student athletes could oh, could make money off of their name alone, right? Right. So that's like for both of us, right? If we went out and wanted to use our name and run a sports camp while we were in college, like you couldn't do that. So that's technically illegal, right? Right. So that is what the South Carolina bill gives you the ability to do. The California bill gives you the ability to do the same thing, make money off of your name, but also make money off your likeness and the ability and in all the proceeds of marketing, right? So if a commercial in California runs with your name and your likeness, and you would get what you would get as fair, like, you know, essentially fair wages to, to, to have, to be in a commercial. Right. Right. Which is a bit, that's, so that's the one where the NCAA is going insane. that part right now, there's already been talks about the NCAA saying, how do we relax the ability for kids to make money off of their name and likeness? Right. Jersey sales would change, right. Because they would say all Jersey sales are generic. There's no name tied to them. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to get around it with some language. Right. The media marketing aspect of the bill in California is what the NCAA does not want. Because the NCAA runs ads 24 7. Yeah, whether exactly. It, whether it's on ESPN or ABC or whatever, right? They run, ad, they run ads constantly and they use student athletes or use a game film to do so. Now, of course, you could use a player that's not in school today. You could you could take a clip of Vince Young doing something. You right. You have to pay Vince Young, right? It's, he's already passed. He doesn't work. He's not at that school anymore, right? Right. But if you use a current athlete, especially for like the March Madness or something like that, the bill within California would make or allow the players to make money off of that. And the NCAA is obviously refuting that. It feels like they don't have to pay that. So, well, I what well, I don't I don't remember if you remember signing it, but as a college athlete, scholarship college college athlete, um, I'm not 100% sure about uh, walk-on, uh, there is a small piece of paper that you sign that allows the university to use your image in whichever way that they see fit. And then that translates over in NCAA using, being able to use, like you know, Sterling said, uh, game tape or your, your image to pop up you know, on a commercial or something, you don't get, you know, you don't get any pay, you don't get any pub pay off that pub. So that whole language will completely change. So I would love to see what that document is going to look like now for, you know, player USC. Um, if it's going to, you know, you if it's added in that, you know, you will 
you have whatever linked to your bank account and this will be the money that'll be be put in for your likeness. So that'll be it'll be interesting. But uh, I just think it needs to have it blanketed over college football in some way, just because if it goes state by state, I think um, depending I think on it, I think it's going to go state by state. I think the issues there. I think depending on who's running or who has the influence um, for the verbiage of these bills uh, could benefit. It needs to benefit everybody and not, you know, choke hold and benefit one school and put you know others down potentially. But it's not. I think that's. Uh, I know it's because it's lightness and being used. I'm just I'm just saying if it it'll, it can be figured out how like, it can happen. I just don't want that if you go to Louisiana Tech, like. People in that area aren't watching. I mean, they're going to watch LSU stuff, but they're not watching Georgia. Like, you're the only thing in town. You're on CSS, right? That's you. Yeah, no. So, so imagine, or so, so, so say no, it's, it it's, we'll say it's going state by state. And then now you're going to say, all right, well, uh, the media department at LSU or the, the LSU is going to lock down all, t- you know, all the TV rights within however, whatever mileage. So Louisiana Tech is now you're only going to get that game if you're within ten miles of the. You're school always going to get the game, so you're you're not going to get I'm ever just, get paid for it. Well, but you're never going to get paid for a game, right? I understand. I understand it's, that, but commercials. That, okay. I'm so that's what I'm saying. Like commercials, anything that comes out for the school okay, could be then chokeholded down because of a larger. Not, commercials are not locked. That's not how commercials work, right? You I, don't. I'm just saying stuff can stuff can be reworked. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's just if it, that if, doesn't make sense. How do you had you not you not get what I'm saying? No, because it no, because it's not that's not the way TV works, right? A contract, I, yeah, like they, they might do regional contracts to broadcast a game. A commercial has nothing to do with that. I understand. I'm just saying I feel like if not if it's not done the right way, larger schools can ending end up trumping the smaller schools. That's I, what agree, I, just, I, I agree. I just wish I, I just want it to be on a overall umbrella blanket. For this bill that's going to be going imagine around. if you go to like Wyoming and you're right. a stud at Wyoming, right? The only person that people in Wyoming are now going to see on their TV from ads and all the money you can make, it actually I think changes the game because now it's like okay, should should I go to if I'm a kid that lives in Michigan, do I stay in Michigan and like fight like if I if that's what I cared about, right? If I cared about like my brand and, and money that I could maximize in college. Mm-hmm. Do I go to Michigan? Do I go to Michigan state or do I go to a school like Wyoming where I could be an absolute stud and do whatever, not do whatever you want to, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, be able know. to make I, all the money that you want to, right? Like and stay, and actually, stay at home. It, it actually, no, not stay at home because you're from Michigan, but you're changing said, the, you said from, you're from Wyoming. You're changing the landscape arts. You could do that too. If you're from Wyoming and it's like, okay, you have the opportunity to go to Michigan. But now you actually might stay at home because you have the opportunity to make to actually make money and maximize your brand. I, I think with the, you the opportunity that. is 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 abundant. I'm with you on that. As long as it's done the right way and um, there's no verbiage for when states you know do these bills out that um, can end up ultimately benefiting more well, you know a larger school than the the smaller schools. I'm all I'm all fine for it. I, I don't really care. Get. Get these players, get these, get these kids, get some dollars in their pocket. Um, but and if it tears the NCAA down, I don't think it would do that. I don't think we need that. I think we need it revamped and for Mark Emmert not to be the head of it. And just take this, just take the NCAA away. 
I said I forgot which part. I don't, I don't feel like going back over how how you completely redo the NCAA with um, conferences kind of governing and then doing a body over that. I forgot which pod I did that in or when we talked about it. Um, all right, let's t- let's hit two big games. Obviously, the biggest game this weekend is going to be uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time. UConn. At the Rock, baby. NIU. Tickets as low as $17. I see that. Guess who has a 96% chance of winning? UConn. No. Oh, my God. Do you know Do you know what the spread is? No. Uh, Indiana is favored by 27. You know who? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Underdog story. You know, you know who was favored by 20 plus last week? Illinois. And they yeah, just and they just terrible, barely though. they just barely squeaked out. I mean, you just lost by 56 points. Ohio State is the third best team in the nation. Six. I mean, by people that don't watch football. Yeah. I mean, the number next to the name says six. So that's all I'm okay. That's all I'm saying. So Anything can happen in college football, but that is the game to watch, and I definitely will be watching it. That's, we might as well be playing the F, F, FC, uh, FBST. F, what, is, what are they called now? What's D1AA called now? We, we, we're past it, Sterling. Uh, number eight, Auburn at number 17, Texas A&M. That's a 330 CBS game. Uh, Auburn should take care of A&M, but Kellen Mons looked a lot better. I just I just like the defense for for um, Auburn, and that's really kind of it. Um, so defensively, they should they should stop A and M a little bit. But Kellamon's actually been looking pretty pretty solid. This is tough. A and M's favored by four, but I really just feel you know I really just feel like that's because they're at home. Um, yeah, I, I I actually really like Auburn in this game. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. Just as a blanket statement, I don't even. I don't even know who the quarterback is. To be truthfully honest, the Bo Nix. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, that is right. After celebrating with Cam Newton uh, as a kid in the end zone, that's a pretty cool picture. Bo Nix. Pretty cool, actually. Bo Nix was at the national championship game in eleven for Auburn versus Oregon, and as Cam, you know, is in the crowd, you know, celebrating post game. There's Bo Nix right next to Cam Newton, and then now versus Oregon in the first game, you throw the game-winning touchdown uh, in the rematch of the national championship game that you celebrated with Cam Newton as an Auburn fan, and now you're the Auburn quarterback. So I just thought that was that was really cool. Uh, but the biggest game of the night is the number three dogs versus the number seven Notre Dame Irish. Go dogs! Go dogs! <laughs> <laughs> What? My neighbors are like, what are you screaming for on a Monday? Because uh, it's Go Dogs, 8 p.m. CBS again. Uh, CBS gets both of the prime times today uh, or this weekend. Sanford Stadium tickets as low as 311 to be up in the bleeds, I believe, for that one. Uh, I, it's an easy call for me on this one. Um, It's a very easy call. Notre Dame is awful in big games. Um, yeah, it seems like an easy one. I'm actually going to take Notre Dame. Taking Notre Dame. 
I uh, still not fully convinced by Ian Book, and obviously he had a huge game versus New Mexico, but um, it's New Mexico State is New Mexico State, right? That they played in MSU, uh, but. I don't Re- regardless, I mean, he threw he, his numbers were crazy. I think it was like fifty six to like zero or something. But uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Georgia. You don't you don't walk into Sanford Stadium at night versus them dogs thinking you coming out unscathed. Let me tell you what happens when you walk into Sanford at eight p.m. up in Athens. You're gonna have some students that have been drinking from about twelve, sorry, about ten a.m. all the way to eight o'clock. They're going to be licked up. The crowd's going to be wild. And you're going to look through that tunnel at that G when the team come out. And then dogs going to be barking. You don't come into Sanford Stadium thinking that you're going to get that dub because it ain't happening. You got 82,000, 95,000 of your best friends next to you in a little section of grain. That grain can go kick rocks. Georgia all the way, baby. Georgia. Go dogs. Play if I had the music, I'd play the anthem. Go dogs. But it's Georgia all the way on this one. It's the first time I've ever been like that fully behind the University of Georgia for anything. Yeah, I mean, I actually do think they're gonna probably win by like I think 12 to 15. But there's something I there I don't know. The, the fact that there's something about Notre Dame this year, I feel like. And I agree, like mm. they, they didn't okay. they didn't look particularly well, but I think they've actually got the right pieces from an athletic perspective to finally play against an SEC team. Well, and it's just like, will Brian Kelly be able to maximize the book enough? Yeah, we, we will see, uh, is the speed. I mean, that's, that was their big focus in the last recruiting class. You had a true freshman had a pick six this past weekend. So getting that speed up, uh, for Notre Dame has been a focal point. And obviously Matt Bayless, the strength coach there has been doing things to make sure that their strength and speed has continued to increase with his, second or third 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 year there uh, as the strength coordinator so it'll be i mean it's going to be a hard it'll be a good game hard nosed game in the first half but i think jake Fromm has looked way too good uh and he's, like, I, he's, he's been the best quarterback so far this year this could be the game like we said like you said sterling heisman moment we have to wait and see on cbs not 3 30 8 o'clock you called it sterling i wish but, Vern would come out of retirement i do too i miss i miss Vern. It's it's not enough just to only have him for March Madness. It's not fair. It's not. It's okay. I don't care if he didn't know what he was talking about for three-fourths of the game. It's those special moments that he brought out. This is really what made college football college football. But we continue to appreciate y'all support. Continue to listen. Follow us at To The Max Radio on everything when it comes to social media, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. And when it comes to iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, it is at to the max t-o-t-h-e-m-a-c-k-s we appreciate y'all it's to the max